we welcome in Rock Kubatko, Baltimore Orioles reporter for MASN Sports. Uh, Rock, welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Sure, guys. Hope everything's good there. Ah, well, we're really looking forward to the season to start. We've got about a little over four weeks away. And, of course, our focus up here in Canada, as you would think, uh, Rock, is the Toronto Blue Jays. But we're going to check into one of their, well, big-time rivals, you would say, when it comes to the AL East pennant, because the Orioles have put together one heck of a team. Uh, What do you make of uh, just the Orioles uh, just overall going in to this season uh, coming up here, Rock? Yeah, we haven't forgot about that 2016 wild card game. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Zach Britton not pitching. Yeah, they'll always talk about that years from now. But it's been a, quite a turnaround for the Orioles. Obviously, fans weren't that excited about the team for a while there during that, that rebuild period. It was painful, for sure. 115 losses are never fun, 110 losses, whatever. But, uh, you know, they certainly turned it around. They're probably a little ahead of schedule, though they never put a timeline on it. But they won 83 games two seasons ago when nobody thought they were going to sniff 500. Nobody thought they were going to win 101 and have the best record in American League this past year, and they did it. I don't know what you do for an encore. They like to get much deeper in the playoffs than being swept in that division series by the Rangers. But, you know, they, they're not spending a lot of money. They're not known for that. But they made some moves, Corbin Burns being the big trade acquisition and signing Craig Kimball to close with Felix Bautista recovering from Tommy John. He's out for the year. And, they, and otherwise, they're just going to ride that wave of that young talent they have, the number one farm system in baseball. Uh, Jackson Holiday is the number one overall prospect. He could make the team out of spring training. He just turned 20 yeah. in December. So things are, are really looking up. But yet you, people still, you see some predictions, uh, win totals, whatever, and it seems like everybody still, the experts, expect some regression. I think the Yankees are more of a favorite now in that division. The Orioles are like, fine. No, everybody overlooked us the last two years. They could go ahead and do that again, and we'll just do our thing. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Rock Kubatko, our uh, guest on Sports 1440. That young talent, I guess, is, is led by Gunnar Henderson, who had a tremendous season last year. What do you think he does for an encore this year? Yeah, well, he, he, he's already rookie of the year. Yeah. I think he might be in the MVP discussion as long as he's healthy and just continues to be Gunnar Henderson. I mean, he's got all the tools. Uh, he plays gold glove defense, too. The problem, if you want to call it that, he splits his time between short and third. So those are two, I think, two smaller sample sizes to get that award. There is a utility one, but he's only playing those two positions. I believe whoever won it this past year played like six. So that could work against him as well. But everybody knows how valuable he is and everything he does. It's just toolsy across the mm-hmm. board. And you think of all the teams that everybody passed on him that first round. I believe it was like the 42nd picks. There were teams that passed on him. 41 selections, and nobody wanted Gunnar Henderson. And the Orioles were sweating it because they really did want him. He's looked at it as a little bit of a project. Coming out of it was the Selby, Alabama. But they knew all the tools were there. He developed quickly and, again, maybe a little quicker than they thought. Uh, very mature approach, great kid. It says sir and ma'am to everybody, even if somebody's like two years older than him, he's saying yes, ma'am to him in the clubhouse. Oh I don't know if that's that Southern upbringing or whatever, but uh, it, it's really, it's, it's fun to see he's a good kid, but also just a, just a tremendous talent. And, you know, they can bat him lead off. They can put him more in the middle of the order. It's, uh, it's really good. Rock Kubatko, Baltimore Baltimore Orioles uh, writer for uh, MASN Sports and uh, our game of the day for uh, St. Albert Dodge. Uh, Would you agree, Rock, that when Adley Rutschman came up, 
and started handling the pitching staff the way he does, it sort of turned everything around. His leadership uh, and everything that he does, besides what he provides with the bat, kind of turned the tides in Baltimore? It did, and we connect everything good to when Adley Rushman arrived. Uh-huh. They have not been swept in a series other than the division series since his arrival. That may just be coincidence, but it did turn everything around. And the, the nicest thing you could say really about Adley, because you know how talented, again, he is too, as tools as he is, is he takes more pride in running a game and getting a starter deep into a start than, whether, than if he goes three for four or four for five. Mm-hmm. He takes more pride in seven scoreless innings out of that starter. So he, he, his first focus is his work behind the plate, which we already knew was going to be special. But then also, yes, you know, his power from, from both sides. And, you know, he, he, he's, he handles the bat well. He's such a good hitter and very level-headed. He's not going to be the best coach you get. He's going to give you a lot of Bull Durham, yeah. cliched, I'm process-oriented, I'm, mm. I, you know, I just want to win games and do my best. And he kind of gives you a little grin. He's not going to give you too much, but that's fine. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like when he arrived, fans were so excited anyways. A much-anticipated debut with the first overall pick in 19. And I think it made them feel like, all right, here we go. Like we went through the rebuild. We kept hearing about this talent pipeline and the difference it was going to make later. But now it's finally ready to happen. That was about as anticipated a debut since maybe Matt Wieters, a first-round catcher back in the day so uh and you know he certainly hasn't disappointed at this point he's every he's everything is advertised i know it's like well he was a one one he was supposed to be good but as you guys know you don't always hit on a first overall draft pick Mm -hmm. you don't hit on a lot of first rounders if you do any kind of a search on the internet and look like draft first round picks in and you just pick a year there are a lot of guys you never even heard of because they didn't make it and they could have gone with bobby wood jr instead of rutschman there was a lot of debate about where they should go there, you really can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. But this is a generational talent at catcher, a spot that they, they actually had a need as well. He was a top guy on their board, and it worked out well. They have no regrets. Rock, where, speaking of uh, top prospects, and that is Jackson Holiday, and you did touch on him, where does he fit in defensively, and how does that allow the pieces, as you said, with Gunnar Henderson from short to third? And then you've also got Jordan Westberg, who has that ability to move around as well. How's that going to come into play here? Yeah, I mean, he's been working out, it seems like almost exclusively at second base. Certainly all the starts he gets in these games is at second. Every time I look, he's taking ground balls there because they know he's already a very advanced, skilled shortstop. They want him getting more comfortable at second. They're not going to move him anywhere else. He's a middle infielder. So if he makes this club on opening day, we'll see because they just got Colton Long off of waivers. Mm-hmm. He's a left handed hitting second baseman, and maybe that's a way to slow play the kid a little bit. But whenever he arrives, he's going to primarily be the second baseman. He could be in the lineup every day. But one of the things they love about the roster is how flexible it is, the versatility. Guys move around. Holiday could go from second to short. Gunner could go from short to third. Westberg could go from second to third. And, and then they've got utility-type guys like Ramon Urias and Jorge Mateo. That, that, you know, they've got him playing some center field here because they think maybe he could be a backup in center and left and you only have to carry four natural outfielders instead of five. So they like guys being able to move around. Ryan O'Hearn's first base, but yeah. they'll work him out in the corner outfield as well. Like they, they want a very versatile roster. And I'm old enough, I'm 60 now. Yeah. When I was an Oriole fan growing up, it was a set lineup every day. It was Brooks, <laughs> Robinson, Mark Belanger, Davey Johnson, Bobby Gritch, Boog Powell. John Cooper, mm-hmm. Paul Blair, Frank Robinson. Like every day, maybe you had the Sunday lineup when you were a kid 
and that game was televised. You were disappointed. So it wasn't all the starters. But the game has changed, and a lot of teams now are doing this where they want guys that are athletic and can play multiple positions. And that's why the Orioles have drafted a heavy up the middle of the field. You draft a shortstop, you figure he can play anywhere, and you just start moving him around. Jordan Westberg's a shortstop, mm-hmm. and he has not made a start as short in the majors. And he finally did spring training yesterday. They're, you know, he's playing second and third. I'm sure he'd love to play short, but they don't really need him to do that right now. Yeah, and then a few later uh, years later, Rock, after you mentioned all those great players, uh, you had a guy at short that might have played a game or two in a row, huh? <laughs> exactly. And he was, even when he moved, he was full-time short, full-time third base. Manny Machado, full-time third base, so full-time short. They didn't bounce around in season. So even mm-hmm. then, it was like you found your spot and you stayed there. And at any given lineup, right and high, right sound, there's going to be some differences with it where guys are, are going. And the same with the outfield, where Austin Hayes can go from left to center easily. Anthony Santander, right field, but they had him playing some first base last year. They just love moving guys around. Yeah. Uh, Rock Batku, uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, reporter for MAS and Sports, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, as far as the pitching staff uh, goes, Rock, where are they at? where's Kyle Bradish at? Uh, had such a fantastic season last year, a uh, little bit of an injury to start spring training. Uh, how close is he to being where the Orioles need him to be? Yeah, that was a bit of a gut punch. Everybody was so thrilled with the Corbin Burns acquisition. Thinking, well, Bradish, who was fourth in Cy Young vote, he can now slot to number two. And he's obviously, he became the staff ace, has a stuff, but not being forced into that role. We saw what a difference it made in that division series. And the Rangers were able to bring out Montgomery, Evaldi, guys like that. And the Orioles still had guys that were young, get that postseason experience. And then we find out that Bradish in January is diagnosed with a sprain in his UCL and his right elbow. And you guys know, too, when you hear sprain in UCL, there is panic because it sounds like Tommy John. He got a PRP injection, and those are kind of hit and risk as far as, you know, whether that's going to work or not. But so far, so good. I mean, he's, he's long tossing, and they've extended him to 90 feet. And last time I watched him a few days ago, he was throwing with a lot of intensity. It wasn't just lobbing the ball. But it's going to be a ways. Obviously, he's, he's heading to the IL, and they're not, certainly not going to try and rush him back. But... You know, each day it's going to be how's he feel. And now he's extended a little more. When's he going to be ready to maybe face hitters? And you feel bad having to approach his locker pretty much every other day to ask him how his elbow feels and what his schedule is. But there's just no way to project when he might be ready. And at any day you kind of have your, you know, you're kind of braced for the possibility of some bad news that there was a setback or that he was shut down. But they are desperately hoping they can avoid surgery. Oh, that's the key for sure. And he had such a great year uh, last year. Also last year, Grayson Rodriguez, when he started the year, he had his problems. But that's just a, a young pitcher trying to find his way. When he went down, uh, what, do you, what did you see when he came back up? Because he had some dominant games when he returned to the, to the roster. He did. And that's when you really realize the Orioles looked at themselves as contenders. In the past years, you would have said, look, this kid doesn't really have much more to prove or anything in AAA. Let's just go ahead and we'll go through the growing pains early. But those April games meant so much to them as much as any other month that when he struggled badly with his command in spring training, they're like, well, we can't afford to send him out there every five days or six days, have him get his brains bashed in, and we're losing games and losing ground in the standings. So I'm like, okay, they really are a contender this year. But they got him right back up. There was an injury to Bradish, and he came right up and had to get sent down again for another, but it was more extended reset. But you're right. When he came back and what he did in that second half, 
where he just his mechanics were better. He, I think he needed a, a confidence boost. You know, guys like that, another first-round pick, they, they don't experience failure in high school or ones that go to college and they dominate and you dominate in the minors. Then when you struggle a little bit in the majors, you might start questioning yourself. And he just became more aggressive with his fastball and the secondary stuff sharpened and he attacked hitters more. Mm-hmm. And now he definitely is the guy they envisioned as having, you know, number one starter stuff. But, you know, he was supposed to slot third before Bradish's injury. Now, you know, maybe he's, he's the number two behind Burns, and that's absolutely fine. They got John Means. He's going to start the year in the IL because he's a month behind other pitchers. Not hurt, but he had that sore elbow in October. Couldn't pitch in the division series. He fell behind because they, they delayed his uh, throwing program in the offseason. So they're hoping he's back in April. But in the meantime, you don't have him either, but maybe he slots in four something like that, third or fourth. But, yeah, Rodriguez, they like to think that they now have two number one starters Mm -hmm. while Bradish is out and Burns and Rodriguez. Rock Kubatko with us on Sports 1440. That was a big, big blow when uh, Felix Bautista went down. And, uh, again, as you mentioned, the Orioles bring in a a really, really veteran guy in Craig Kimbrell. Uh, Is there any chance Bautista could be ready by the end of this season, or is he just a one-year and done, he's gone until uh, 2025? Yeah, he's not going to pitch this year. Now, if you ask him, and he said it when uh, we interviewed him, a couple of us at the opening of their new Dominican Republic Academy, and we asked him again here, he's like, hey, if I'm feeling good and they need me late in the season, I'll be ready to pitch. Wow. You ask Brandon Hyde, he goes, well, we're going to miss him in 2024, but we look forward <laughs> to seeing him in 2025. They are not bringing him back that quickly from an October Tommy John procedure. So, they're, you know, so far he feels good, but – you know, it's going to be a while before you really start testing that elbow. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll, be, he'll take off for this year, and they'll see what Kimbrell does. They have an option on his contract. They feel like getting a future Hall of Famer, and as quickly as they did, they usually don't make a big move at the winter meetings. They take a Rule 5 pick or two, and I, that's it. I go home and think I spent all those days at the winter meetings for this. This was, this was unusual for them. This was a, a big signing and a guy they targeted right away. They think there's still plenty in the tank. They think he can be a veteran leader in that bullpen, which has been lacking. Yeah. It's been, you know, Batista and Cano and some other guys that don't really have track records in the majors. This guy is going to be somebody, a veteran now, that's going to be able to help mentor as well. And he's got all that postseason big game experience. And so they think there's enough there to tank. And then we'll see what happens after this year, whether they would want to pick up the option or not. But I'd say he's a pretty good replacement for, for Batista. Did uh, Yenier Cano surprise you at all with uh, how he contributed to the team last year? He uh, stunned me. <laughs> Honestly, I spent. This is why I'm not an executive. I spent the off season saying, "Why is this guy still on the 40 man?" Mm. Because he did not impress in a brief trial with the Orioles or in the minors, or when he'd been up with the Twins, because he just walked too many guys. And I'm like, you know, how? How? Why in the world are they still keeping him when they needed spots and they were letting other guys go? And what did they see in him? They saw plenty, and again, it's another guy they really trust their pitching program and all the analytics and the data that's available. Mm-hmm. They worked with them, and suddenly he became an all-star setup man who can close, but I think it was smart of them to not count on him to be a full-time closer this year. They could have done that. So go out and get Kimbrell, make him a dominant setup-type guy who can be the backup closer when Kimbrell's not available or if he starts struggling or something. But mm-hmm. Yenier Cano is one of the biggest surprises, and you know, just a guy that – can force you to beat the ball into the ground and 
uh, very confident, and, and he cut down on the walks. He improved his command. It's a real credit to the work that the Orioles did with them. Yeah. Uh, one last one for you, Rock. How would you say when they changed the configuration of OPCY and left field there with the fence, uh, how do you think that went over with fans, uh, with players, et cetera, and what about it moving forward here? Pitchers loved it. Hitters <laughs> wish it would move forward because they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot of right-handed hitters get frustrated. J.J. Hardy is here as a camp instructor, and he jokes, they never would have given me an extension on my contract if that wall was pushed back. I never would have hit a home run. <laughs> and I know how much it frustrated Trey Mancini. He still frustrates Ryan Mountcastle. But pitchers love it. It's going to help them in recruiting pitchers to come to Baltimore because it was just such a bandbox. Lazy fly balls were clearing the fence and going in the first row. And they were just trying to level the playing field. They didn't want to create a huge advantage for their pitchers, but they, they, just, they wanted to, as I said, just kind of make it fair all around. And, you know, I think some fans weren't thrilled with the, initially at least the configuration because you've got that, you know, 90-degree angle in the bullpen area, and they kind of preferred the more traditional look. But I think they grew to get used to it. And to have Austin Hayes playing left field is, you know, gold glove finalist and certainly plays that left field as well as anybody and again, I think you'd rather have it where you're not losing games ten to nine and giving up four or five uh, cheap home runs a game. Yeah. So I think it was a smart move. We'll see if they leave it exactly there. If they try, maybe in future years, bump it up just a little bit because it is pretty extreme. But again, the pitchers love it. And it helps a couple of guys, you know, Rutschman and Santander being switch hit bats. How much do you think it'll help Jackson Holiday moving forward? Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to hit from the left side. He can just avoid that yeah. side <laughs> that side of the field if he wants because you're not going to see a lot of offensive field shots. you got to really lay into one, but I've seen plenty of balls clear easily. So if you get a hold of one, you have power. Mm-hmm. You will hit a home run to left field. You just have to earn it now. Uh, hey, thanks so much for this. Enjoy. Uh, I guess we're just uh, we're getting close to uh, first pitch, uh, Orioles and uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, enjoy the game uh, today, uh, Rock. Really appreciate your time, and uh, season's right around the corner. We're all fired up for it. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.